So we're continuing our, in our series, uh, the pastoral letters. Um, we're in 2 Timothy 2. We will finish 2 Timothy 2, which will leave us 2 Timothy 3 and 4, and then we are done with our series. So I want to point something out to us. We began this series six months ago. We have been on this series for half a year. Um, but look at the good that has come out of this. You guys, I want to encourage us. The Word of God is awesome. There's times we cover two or three. Or there's been times we've covered one verse in a week, and I've just preached one verse. It's very common for me to get up here and preach two verses. There's such life in the Word of God. So the encouragement is this. Friends, let's study it. One of the passages we're going to read in one of the translations that we might be familiar with um, in 2 Timothy 2.15 in, in the King James, it says, study to show yourself approved. Um, let's go ahead and start off reading that, but I want to read it from uh, the New American Standard, and then I'm going to kind of transition into the New Living, um, reading a little bit more. So uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved. So approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. I want to point this out. I grew up with hearing the verse, study to show yourself approved, study to show yourself approved. And for me, that was always an encouragement to spend time in the word. Um, study to show yourself approved. Um, the more accurate translation of this is be diligent. Be diligent. Um, Showing ourselves as genuine, that word approved, we talked about it last week, as genuine, as authentic, as honorable, as being people with integrity that God can use and that people can look to as saying, those people are genuine. It requires diligence. It requires diligence. It requires effort. We're going to see in this passage that as we cover the rest of this chapter, diligence is needed. Effort is needed. Words like being a workman and working. It takes effort. Living the life we live, walking the, the walk that we're called to, it requires effort. We're going to see a theme, a bookended theme here, and I'll, I'll bring our attention to it as we get to it, of, of fleeing from evil. Of avoiding evil. We're going to see avoid evil, then and he's going to kind of deviate from the theme and we're going to come back to it fleeing from evil. There is effort to be done. We don't make, we don't, we don't make evil our, our, our buddy and say, oh, I'll walk beside him and keep him at arm's length. It said we flee, we avoid, we shun evil, we stay away from it. What do we have in common with evil? I'm talking about sin, not people. Let's be clear. I'm talking about sin, not people. I'm talking about compromise. Not people. I'm talking about what I did last week, cutting corners. Remember the example of the coins? Shaving of corners. Keeping keeping a little back back for ourselves. Okay, this is still in the context of this. So that's why we started with this verse. Let's continue in verse 16. Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. This kind of talk spreads like cancer, as in the case of Hymenaeus and Philetus. They have left the path of truth, claiming that the resurrection of the dead has already occurred. In this way, they have turned some people away from the faith. 
So I, I like this verse right here, this encouragement to avoid worthless talk, worthless arguments. When we set our, our focus on Jesus Christ, He is truth. We stand in truth. He is the foundation of truth. So if we make it about Jesus, we avoid foolish talk. We're all right. It's a good start. We see the result of not avoiding foolish talk. Did, did, did you catch what the, the result of foolish talk, what, what partial result that was? People turning from the faith. Okay, I do have to point this out because I think it's hilarious. Hymenaeus has the worst, one of the worst reputations in the entire Bible. Timothy, or uh, Paul rather, um, man, he, he made it a point <laughs> to point out Hymenaeus. In 1 Timothy, he points out Hymenaeus. In 2 Timothy, six years later, six years later, he's like, by the way, remember, remember Hymenaeus? Yeah, that, that guy sucked. Just stay away from him. Avoid him. You know, I mean, I think that's hilarious. Part of me is like, Brother Paul, just let it die, man. Just give it, you know, let it go. Give it to Jesus. But I think Hymenaeus must have been still walking around having his false teaching about the resurrection or something. But Paul couldn't let it go. But that's that's what he was talking about. What he was saying was uh, that there... Uh, the resurrection of the dead was a was a um, was a spiritual resurrection, not a physical res- resurrection. So, if you want to study what Paul taught on the resurrection, Paul was very in depth. First Corinthians fifteen thirty five through fifty is very clear what Paul taught about the resurrection. First uh, Thessalonians four fourteen through seventeen is good in time teaching. Um, so Paul was very clear, and you got to remember this is this is Paul's last letter. So Paul has already taught these things to the church at Corinth and Thessalonica. And the church knew his teachings, and yet Hymenaeus still wouldn't wouldn't leave the false teaching alone. So I encourage you guys to read those passages because it's good stuff. So here's where we get the bookends of turning and fleeing from evil. Verse 19. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are His. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. God's truth. God's truth stands like a foundation stone, something that is not moved, something that is not shaken, something by which the foundation is built upon. It bears its inscription. The Lord knows who are His. Why is that important? I tell you why it's important for me is He knows me. He knows you. It's awe-inspiring to think of the King of Kings, the Creator of the universe, and He knows you. He knows who are His. He knows us. I love that. But I love this as well. All who belong to the Lord must do what? Turn away from evil. All who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. So friends, if you're here week after week, you understand that we are a grace church, man. We make it about grace. We make it about the work of Jesus Christ, the completed, finished work of Jesus Christ. So we are all about grace. And we are all about works. We do works 
um, to further the kingdom of God, to grow the kingdom of God, to serve our king. So we're both a grace and a works church because God didn't tell us to choose. And the Bible didn't tell us to choose. But we, man, we are all, we love grace, unmerited, undeserved favor of God. But my friends, we have a role to play. We have a part to play. And we have actions that we have been given instruction to follow. And one of them is to turn away from sin. To turn away from evil. To turn from it. Thank God that there's grace. Thank God that it's not about our works and our ability to earn God's favor or earn right standing with God. But my friends, that does not give us license to do things or to live a life that does not glorify God. That doesn't give us license to sin. We will sin. Now, here's the difference. We will sin because we're human and we're not perfect. And when we do, we apply the grace of God and we, we, we apply the blood of Jesus and go, Lord, thank you that I'm forgiven. Lord, I, I hate that I blew it, but Lord, I thank you that your, that your grace is sufficient. But that doesn't give us license to sin. You know what? If someone can unplug that, they're probably going to call back again. It's the church phone. We should probably do that every week. Just unplug that thing. It doesn't give us license to just go, hey, I know the grace of God's there, so I can go ahead and do what I want to do. That's not what we're called to do. Verse 20. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver. Everyone say gold and silver. And some are made of wood and clay. Say wood and clay. The expensive utensils, which one do you think are the expensive utensils? You guys. You guys are sharp. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions. And the cheap ones are for everyday use. Okay. In, a, in the New American Standard, it says, some are used for honorable purposes and some for dishonorable. I, I don't have to spell it out. There are things in the home, normally in the smallest room in the home, where water's plumbed into the home, you know, where there's dishonorable uses, you know, and like Charmin, thank God for Mr. Charmin. You know what I'm saying? But... Um, if I have a choice of being Charmin or being the China, it's a no-brainer in my book, right? Some for honorable purposes, some for dishonorable. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. I want to read that again. Uh, verse 21 in the New American Standard. Um, the reason I oftentimes will reference the New American Standard, um, it, it's what I believe to be the most accurate translation to to the original Greek and Hebrew. If you go to Blue Letter Bible and you click on the concordance and it shows you all the Greek words and it has the verbiage of what it's listing it out, it's listing it out in the New American Standard uh, version. Uh, so that's that's one of the reasons I preach so often from this. And, I, and so I want to read that verse 21 again. Therefore... If anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, 
sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. So it's just a, a little bit different slant. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, here's what that word cleanses is translated as. It's translated as to clean completely out. So for us, for you and I, for, for tonight, for those who will clean house. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, if anyone cleans house, we're not talking about the purification that Jesus Christ did, okay? Which is cool because it immediately talks about sanctification in this verse. The set apart, the sanctification of us for the Lord's purposes. So the cleansing isn't about us making ourselves right. It's about cleaning house. What do I mean? It's about removing the hidden things. It's about cleaning house. It's about removing the hidden things. And it doesn't matter what the hidden things are, guys. We all have the, the hidden things. This passage tells us if anyone cleanses himself, if anyone cleans house from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful to the master. Useful to the master. You know what that word useful means? I mean, it basically means useful, but this is exactly what it means. This, no, this is exactly what it means. It's a slight difference. Easy to use. The exact translation is easy to make use of. Friends, don't we want to be easy for God to make use of? Easy for God to make use of. You know what? I know this guy, and I know he's cleaned house. And so I see him, and I see the purity he pursues. And I can use him easily. Easily. Any situation. Everyday common situations. Special, glorious, honorable situations. All situations. For every good work. You know what? I ain't using the wooden spoons when I'm having honorable guests over to the house. Okay? I'm using the nice china. But you know what? I can use I can use those silver spoons anytime I want. I can use those silver spoons if I'm popping open a jello pudding cup. Boom. Silver baby. I can use it. President's coming over for dinner. Boom. So, same silver spoon they just used in the jello cup. I've washed it. Tried it. For every good work. That's what the Lord desires us to use is for every good work. Guys, there has to be a voluntary. This cleansing speaks of a voluntary cleaning out. What are the things that cause us to sin and stumble? What are the things that, that allow shame? And then sh shame keeps us from being, you know, in his presence. The enemy uses it. The enemy uses it from us coming in. It makes us feel unworthy. It makes us forget about grace. It makes us make it about ourselves because we know there's something dirty and unclean and shameful. Because it's hidden. Because if, it, if it's out in the upright, you know, You know, we, we don't hide things. You know, I don't mind sitting up here right now saying, you know, man, I, I enjoy beer. I love IPAs. India Pale Ale, they're very hoppy beers. I drink beer. I love a margarita. Okay? 
Why am I saying this? Because for a long time, pastors drank. They just did it in secret. They just did it in secret. They just did it when they'd go on vacation and then they'd get hammered because they couldn't drink in their own home. So they'd go on vacation and act the fool and then, you know, come back and live life. And, and it was secret. Well, it's not sin. Drinking is not sin. Getting drunk is sin. Why do I bring that up? Why do, why do I point that out? Because it's, there's nothing that, it's not in the dark. It's not in the shadow. It's not something hidden. It's not something that causes me to sin. But what if it was? What if it was? What if that, what if that, you know, I kept that bottle, you know, beside of my nightstand and I only drink it when, when, you know, I was alone or, or to, I need this drink or something. Then it is sin. Then it is this hidden thing. And then the house needs to be cleaned. Right? Guys, the, the heart of this has to be we want to be used for every good work. And to do that, to be used for the honorable purposes. There's got to be the voluntary cleansing. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. The very next verse, verse 22, run from anything that stimulates useful Lusts. There's our book in, guys. Run from anything that stimulates useful lusts. As we're reading this, I want to keep in mind, uh, youthful equals immature. Next part of this verse. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. The pursuit of Righteous living, the pursuit of faithfulness, the pursuit of love, and the pursuit of peace equals what? Maturity. Youthful lusts. Immaturity. The pursuit of righteous living, the pursuit of peace, of love, maturity. You guys, that's why Paul says in the words, to put away childish things. Put away childish thinking. Put away childish action. Put away childish pursuits. When I was a child, I acted like a child. I thought like a child. I behaved like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Apparently, he put childish ways way behind him because it says flee from these things. Flee from them. We're face to face with lust. We don't walk away from that. We sprint. We run. And that's not a sign of cowardice. We're faced with pride. We're about to make something about... We run from it. And that's not running from a fight. It's wisdom. Because who are we running to? We're running to Jesus Christ. He is our foundation of truth. He says, I know him. He's mine. Look at him running to me. Come on, buddy. The foundation of truth who says, I know those that are mine. And they, they flee from sin. They flee from evil. We got to flee from it. We, we can't we can't make it our buddy. 
We flee from it. Verse 23. Uh, actually, let me finish verse uh, 22. I didn't finish it there. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. I don't mind telling you, the large majority of those whose companionship I enjoy are Christians. But I don't just hang out with Christians. The large majority of my friends are Christian. But I have many friends who are not Christian, and that is the way it should be. Friends, if if the only friends we have and the only people we hang with are Christians, we're, we're missing the boat. But let me say this. If the people that we hang with the majority of the time, the people whose companionship we enjoy most of the time, the majority of the time, are people whose, whose life is evil and sinful because they don't because they don't call on the Lord with pure hearts. If those are the people we're with the majority of time, I'd recommend we add a little more, I'd balance it the other way. Okay? There's, when I spend time with brothers, we all leave encouraged. Right now, we're spending time together. We're all going to leave this place encouraged. Okay? We're all going to leave here with something to say. We're all going to leave here with something that the Holy Spirit has, has put within our hearts. And we're going to take it. And we will encounter friends of ours who don't know the Lord. And we'll have something good to share. We'll have an overflow of something to let just flow from us. It might not be this message, but it's definitely Jesus. It might not be this passage, but it will be the Holy Spirit. The reminder of a Father, our perfect Heavenly Father who loves us. Does that make sense? Verse 23. Again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. We have another bookend. That's where we started the passage, right? Talking about Hymenaeus and Philetus. And in First Timothy, it was Hymenaeus and, Alex- and Alexander. So don't, don't hang with those guys, by the way. It's false teaching. So here's the bookend. Don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. I'm going to pause right here and then I'll read that again. Once again, at this point right now, Paul is teaching Timothy about leadership. Okay? So leaders, listen up. Which means all of you, listen up. Okay? Paul's driving this home, instruction for leaders. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Once again, if we weren't called to be around people who oppose the truth, there wouldn't be an instruction to gently instruct those who oppose the truth, right? We better have a group of friends that don't know the Lord that we are being the light to. And we must gently instruct those who oppose the truth. We don't beat them over the head with it. Jesus loves you! Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts 
and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Think about the liberty this passage talks about. Man, we're freedom fighters. We're liberators. There are people that are held captive by the enemy. And we get to present them with the truth. And when we gently present it to them, perhaps they'll turn. Perhaps they'll believe. What happens when they believe the truth? When they believe the truth, now they're those one of those that God says, ah, I know those. I know him. He knows me. I know those who are mine. And they get added to that number. You know, there's a, in reading this passage, I'd be remiss if I didn't. Pastor Matthew Boardwell, who's the pastor, lead pastor here at Lifesong Church of Erie, he said this to me like three times now. We get together, we have breakfast, we have lunch. And this is the third time he said it, so I'm like, I better write this down because God's trying to... This is his quote. Never, ever, 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 ever give leadership to a quarrelsome person. That kind of leader will always hurt the church. I mean, that's, that is, I don't know how many evers that was. We'll listen to it back on the pot. It's a lot of evers. In this passage, we are to be peacemakers. There are times we're going to argue. We have got to be quick to be peacemakers, to bring peace. Not quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. Kind to everyone. Even who? Even the difficult people who we're supposed to be patient with. Right? I mean, Paul makes it clear. I mean, for example, you know, Kara is easy to love. She's so easy to love. So easy. That's, that doesn't take effort. I mean, not for me at least. Maybe for, maybe for some of you. She's the difficult (laughs) person. She's the difficult one. You're like, ask Kara. Yeah, boom, Kara. Probably not. What about the people that are difficult? Do we avoid them? Do we avoid them? Is that showing kindness to avoid them? Is that showing kindness just to go, I just ain't going to hang with the brother. Homeboy is difficult. We show kindness to them. We show patience for them. Verse 19, but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription the Lord knows those who are his and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil praise God for grace you know what grace because of God's grace when we clean house we can do so not making it about our shortcomings not making it about us at all because we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for Him. We're doing it for Him with purpose. See, the things we do, our life is supposed to be a life of purpose. We do it with purpose so that we will be easy to use, so that we will be pleasing to God, so that there'll be no mistaking when He's like, oh, that's mine, 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 mine. 
Mm, mine, 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 mine. Yes, all of them. And you know what each one of them do? Run from evil. Mine, 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 mine. Running, running from evil. There has to be something distinguishing about us, friends. We bear the name of Christ. We go to church on Saturday nights. We, we have an amazing knack at four years. There has to be there has to be defining characteristics about us. And they flee from evil. They proclaim truth. They stand on truth. They're they're gracious and loving and patient, even with me, the most difficult of people. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for this series. Lord, we thank you for the awesome things that we have learned and gained and grown as a result, Lord, of your word and and this teaching. Holy Spirit, we so trust you to do your job. Friends, let's trust him to do his job to convict us of sin. Holy Spirit, convict us of sin. Convict us of the things that you desire us to to clean out completely of. Lord, where do you want us to clean house, Lord? Lord, where do we need to repent or to change our minds to agree with you about the plan you have for us, Lord, about your ways? Holy Spirit, we trust you to do your job and to alert us in those moments that we need to flee, to sprint, to run from evil. And Lord, we ask you that that would be one of the defining characteristics of of our character, that we flee from evil. Lord, the corners that we often cut, Lord, let us grow in honorable use for you. Not cutting those corners, Lord. Not holding back a little for ourselves, but Lord, giving you all. All of all of me, all of us. Uh, church, if you just, if you feel so led, just just raise your hands in that gesture of giving. Lord, we we give all of ourselves to you. Lord, we don't hold back the ugly from you. Lord, we don't hold back the selfish from you. Lord, we don't hold back the things that we deem as unusable from you. Lord, we give it all to you. Lord, we don't hold back the strengths, the good, the the bounty, the plentiful. Lord, none of it. Lord, we hold nothing back from you. Lord, we give it to you. Lord, we we remember the words that you are a foundation stone of truth and you know us. You, You know us because we are yours. In Jesus' name. We can keep our eyes closed for just one minute, but everyone stay locked in. This is this is quick. Please stay locked into my words. If you're here tonight and Jesus is not the Lord of your life,
but you want Him to be. You, you want to just give Him your life. You want to give Him your all. And you want to receive all that He has for you. If you believe that He's alive, that He is God, that He loves you, and that His plan for you is great, if you believe that and you confess Him as Lord of your life, you will be saved. Is there anyone here tonight who's never made that decision and wants to make that declaration now? Lord, I give my life to You. I'm, I give You my all. I make You Lord of my life. If that's You, I want You to lock eyes with me, throw Your hand up so it's unmistakable, and let's celebrate the moment that, that this night You make Him Lord of your life. Is there anybody... Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we were with you tonight and that you don't have any intention on leaving us as we leave this building. Lord, we leave this place with you. We leave this place with your joy, your strength. And Lord, we do thank you that you have use for us. You have purpose for us, Lord. Lord, I just pray blessing over every individual in this place every child, every teen, every adult. Lord, I speak blessing over every marriage. Lord, strengthen our marriages. Lord, let us fall deeper in love, in friendship, in passion, in communication with one another. So Lord, I just speak blessing over our marriages. Lord, I speak blessing over our families. Let us be strong and loving. Lord, I thank you for your blessing, Lord, for your goodness. Jesus, you're awesome. And we leave here with our eyes set on you in Jesus' name. Amen.